0: What's up, everybody? This is Sam, your favorite roommate. This week on the show, we had the pleasure of hosting Mr. Ashton P. Woods from the Houston chapter of Black Lives Matter. Some of the content on this week's show may be challenging or maybe even shocking to some, so I just wanna take some time before the show begins to reiterate what we are about. We're about the free expression of ideas, many times contrary to our own. Sometimes we get heated, a lot of the times we disagree, but every time we learn and we grow from having our views challenged. We understand not everyone is ready for that, but if you are, then enjoy episode 10 of the Roommates Podcast. And if you have any feelings or thoughts, please comment or email us. We're always trying to get better. Thank you.
1: Yo, what's good, everybody? This is Hafiz.
2: Hey, this is Sam. This is Chris, the star of the show. And <laughs> we
1: are the roommates on the Conduit Podcast Network. Today's Friday. We are recording live in the studio What Is Good America?
0: I'm happy to be here. Another week.
1: Chris, what the heck is back going on at it with you? Again.
2: Bro, y'all was talking. I was letting y'all talk. Goodness gracious. Where's you the juice? Chris, what, what kind of day you where's having? It, You're it, all the, loud... the way over there. Like, man, what's what's going on with man, you? I'm chilling. What's going Ch- Chilling. You know, no, something funny happened to me today. Oh, what happened? What I happened? did the hell challenge with my mom. The and what he, challenge? The hell challenge. Hell. Well, what kind of hell? Bro, y'all never heard the hell challenge? Uh-uh. You said hell Hell? like H-E-L-L. Like, like Hell. Oh, hell nah, challenge. Uh, what the heck is that? I don't know what this is. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm so not online. You, you, uh, you basically ask is hell a cuss word? And then after that, you continuously using hell in the sense just to get a reaction out your mom. <laughs> so, what did Shonda B. do? I said, I said, Mom, is hell a cuss, a cuss word? She said, It depends on how you use it. It's in the Bible. So, I don't know. I said, Why the hell are you acting like that? <laughs> She's like, Acting like what? <laughs> I said, Mom, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> She's like, since when you start cussing? <laughs> I said, hell, I've been saying shit damn since 05. <laughs> and she called me. And then... Um, she called you, boy. She cut that She said me real straight. Real quick. And I had, to, I had to apologize and say it was a joke. But that was hilarious. Well, what's the point of that challenge? It's, a, it's just a point just to see you can read the messages and you see what kind of different reactions... Mothers have usually black moms because you know, mm, oh, yeah,
0: that's, that's the funniest. Ones. I can't try with my mom, she's African, yeah, I, she'll, she'll drive down to Houston.
1: That's the whole thing, it bro. I gotta, I heard the funniest story about Sam's mom. I can't say it on t- <laughs> who <laughs> I told can't it say to me. You? you told it to me. I remember
2: what it was. As a, <laughs> I want to say, but we out of respect, hold on. let's let Chris talk for a second, bro. Let's just. I have no idea what's going on right now. They're talking to themselves, ladies and gentlemen. Nah, and I'm you completely. That, out of that is that one will never ever. Be, <laughs> that will never ever be spoken of. That, <laughs> I have no idea.
0: What's yeah,
1: going that on what's that, now. that stays that stays in Little Elm, Texas. <laughs> all right, all That's right. Not so, uh, Saint, how's your week been? How's your week been going? Man, my week's been straight, bro. I think I
0: was a little tired today, man. Um, I went to see um. There's this man who lives in Houston. Um, And he's one of the greats, Michelangelo, Mm. uh, you know, Michelangelo, all those artists from the renaissance. Yeah, Da Vinci, Mm. Picasso, an artist on that caliber. Mm. uh, And he works at the Plaza Barbershop. And Mm. I went to see that man, Mm. and he put a masterpiece on my head. He
1: did.
0: Y'all see that? That boy H.B. Shout out to H.B. H.B. from Plaza Barbershop,
1: putting 16s on people's heads. 16 chapels. So let's go ahead... We already shout out HB. Let's go ahead and give out some shout-outs to some very, very special Day One fans who's been holding it down, supporting the Roommates podcast. We appreciate you. We want to start out by giving a special shout-out to Harrington. Harrington, we appreciate you for being a very, very, very awesome fan. Anybody else want to shout somebody else? I want to shout-out Megan. Megan. Megan, you know who you are.
0: She's been following us for a long time, and uh, she's pushing us. Push it, push it, push it. All the way up in Prairie View. PV, and then uh, also another girl. Okay, Margaret. Sam got kind of them girls. M- Margaret, all the way from North Carolina. Margaret representing them Tar Heels. Tar Heels. Yes. Who else? Below, you got somebody.
2: Oh yeah, you can shout out my whole AK side fam. Okay, Topside chapter from the University of Houston. Dagum. Topside chapter. That's, uh-huh. that's my second family. Okay. Shout out to like some people that share. Some of our Facebook posts, you know. Yeah. Marshalls, Samantha. Okay. Uh, Chris Maharaj. 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 Man, the whole gang. Shout out to them gang, boys gang, and gals. Gang. I appreciate it. We appreciate y'all. Make me famous. Bump them.
1: All right. Top. Good way to make this about yourself, Chris.
2: Always. So let's go ahead and
1: jump right into it. Culture matters. Culture matters. And for culture. Oh hold on, wait. Hold on a second. Chris, you still have the Saturday night, the Saturday night live video pulled up?
2: I think I do yeah, I you do I have it. Yeah, cool. Yeah,
1: Alright, we are here So there was a Saturday Night Live sketch That was ruffling quite a bit of feathers It came out last week, Saturday And the set Was set, the sketch Was about the black people names So it's about black people names Some people thought it was funny, some people thought it was a bit offensive We're going to play a quick segment from the sketch And then we're going to talk about this sketch So let's go ahead and play it real quick
2: All right, thank you all for agreeing to this hearing. Both of you understand that the decisions made today are legally binding? Yes, Yes, sir. Great. Mrs. Williams, you are filing a claim against your former employer, Merck Pharmaceuticals, where you worked for the past 22 years.
3: Yes, sir. I'm suing for intellectual property theft because they have stolen many of my ideas, and I'm asking for $20 million in damages. That's ridiculous. Mrs. Williams worked in accounting. No one there is responsible for ideas. Sir. Let me give you an example. In December 2004, this company created a drug called Seasonique. Well, back in 1997, I had a child. Please say hello to Seasonique. Hello. Uh,
2: Your name is Seasonique?
3: Yes, sir. My name is Seasonique Boniva Williams.
2: That's right.
3: Seasonique was born on the one special day between spring and summer. She was Seasonique. And that's not the only example. This company has named dozens of their drugs after members of my family.
4: Mrs. Williams,
3: Please, call me Lyrica. That's my name, but it's also an anti-epilepsy drug.
0: That's certainly interesting. Please. We have a whole team that names our products according to years of research. This is clearly a coincidence.
3: Oh, really? Well, let's look at some other examples, shall we? Celexa. That's my cousin. Fumara. My other cousin. Eloquist. She lives down the way. Over there. Cymbalta. She's trouble, but she's Mm fun. Allegra. Now, she does my hair, and she don't have a shop, so I go to her house where she has a little baby named Little Nicorette. (laughs) So you see, sir, these people aren't coming up with new drug names. They're just flipping through the contacts in my phone
1: all right you guys just heard you guys just heard the sketch hey saturday night saturday night live i keep on getting that word messed up i want you to know don't sue us oh yeah that's better snl don't sue us don't take this down we got no money you got no money sorry And if you sue me i will find you (laughs) i'm broke (laughs) i'm
2: broke i can't eat actually actually sue me jokes are you (laughs) yeah dude they can't sue you for your future income though
1: Oh, that would be easy. yeah. They can't do levy that. levy them uh, checks. Well, I'm yeah, dipping. That. So, I'm guys, dipping. what do you think about what do you think about that that video? Good, bad, f- good joke, bad joke, t- distasteful. What What are your thoughts?
0: Let's start with that man all the way on the end, Mister Below, Chris B-Lope, Love Below, Love Start with
2: the show. Go ahead, let the fans know what you feel. I'm like the Jordan shrug. Like, eh. I mean,
0: I. You can only Jordan shrug. Got I, I, song, great.
2: I mean, yeah, some some parts too was funny. Do you think nigga, it, <laughs> that was funny.
1: Do you think it was offensive? Do you think it was wrong for them? People were saying that it was wrong. I'm sorry. I didn't give any background. So the, the background about this video is a lot of people are saying that what they did was wrong. It was racist. It was offensive. It was um, it was not okay. So do you feel that way, Chris?
2: Man, I honestly, I feel like it was just a joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think some people can take... I can see why people say that it was offensive to them. Um... But at the end of the day, as black people, we have some unique names. And I knew a girl named Unique. That was one of the first girls I ever talked to, 10th grade. Well, there it is. So I, I think I think just I mean black people we can be some we can be overly sensitive sometimes. And I think it was just really a joke, and that's what SNL is there for. It's just all fun and games and laugh. I thought it was cool. Honestly, I didn't really think I didn't feel offended by it. Um, I mean, I could see why, but I just think. It's kind of boosted.
0: Yeah. I think from where we're standing, of course it's funny. Because my name is Sam, your name is Chris, and Hafiz's name is Hafiz. That's uh, true. I've, I, I've I've actually met someone with the name Humira, just like the drug itself. And I know to her it's probably a touchy subject because, you know, her mom probably put some thought into her name. It's something significant to them. And, I mean, they're <laughs> people are making fun of her identity. Mm. So I can see how it's hurtful, even though it was just a joke. The people over there, they don't really have to deal with the repercussions. And, I mean, yeah, that's that really sucks, b you know?
2: I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, they should not worry about it, not cry about it. But people get made fun of all the time. And we all get made fun yeah. of about certain things. Yeah, one of my problems
1: is in the black community, I feel like I like a good, I mean, people might disagree with this. But I like a good race joke. I think race jokes are funny, like Chappelle's show. You exactly. Oh my gosh, his race jokes are hilarious! Shout out to Chappelle coming to Houston March 23rd. Get your tickets. Shameless plug. I'm going. <laughs> Chappelle, um, I, I expect to see you backstage. Need to hit or there. Anyway, so like a good funny race joke is good. So I feel like black people we can make race jokes about other people. Exactly. But then when it when they make it about us, then all of a sudden it's a problem. It's exactly. kind of like this double standard, and I understand it at times because it's like. Like, kind of like with the N-word, you know? There's certain things that black people, we can do and say, and other people can't do or say it. But I feel like if we're going to be equal in America, it should be we should all be the same. I can joke about you. You can joke about me. We can laugh together. We can cry together. But I just hate when we have all these double standards and say, oh, because he's white, he can't make a funny joke about black people.
2: And then it was black actors that was doing it, too. It wasn't like it was just straight white people. That'd be different, but... Yeah, but I think the way you got to think about it is like, man, you can make a
0: joke about a white person, you can make a joke about so many other people, but the people at the end of the day who, I mean, like, we're not laughing, they're not getting, they're not laughing with us, like, they're laughing, we're laughing at them, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're laughing at them, like, your name is Season your name means nothing. You feel me? Like, it's, like, it's deeper for them because, like, they've got nothing they got nothing to like put their back against, like your names really sees unique, you know, like you got no history, like
1: But but isn't but all names had a beginning, you know what I mean? I feel like people say black people's names are weird, but they're just unique, you know, like Matthew, that's a that was a unique name at one point in history, mm-hmm. you know, like John and Allie and all that stuff. Like, there's no such thing as like a a right or bad name. So black people have unique names and sometimes it's funny.
2: That's what I'm saying I mean like Shoot I, I have personal experiences My last name is Bilo You know how You know what you can do with that <laughs> Below these Come on now <laughs> Like you can go on and on And on about Being made fun of My last name is yeah. Bilo My name so is I, Hafiz I, I mean I, I Your name is Hafiz.
1: Hafiz I get it I used to hate my name When I was a kid I wanted to be named Jason Yeah, yeah. You don't
0: look like Jason <laughs> That's
1: funny though Hey Quick random story That's Let me it. tell you why I wanted to be called Jason <laughs> Everybody knows Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was that deal. <laughs> what?
4: Oh, yeah, they're... Mighty Morphin
1: Power they're Rangers. They were the great is was... that deal. They ain't and the White Ranger was that guy. Shout out to Jason. Shout out to the Tiger Zord. He only no, came not, out sometimes. No, he only came Jason, out sometimes. Jason's a Red Ranger. They're talking about Tommy. Tommy. Oh, Tommy. He yeah. had the long hair yeah, and everything. When he was yeah, Tommy was a Green Ranger.
0: Tommy was a bad man. I, I, wanted,
1: I wanted to be called Tommy. So one day I went to the barbershop. True story. You remember, no, Bobby, had not Bobby, Tommy has long hair. I went to the barber, I said, hey, can you give me the haircut just like Tommy? <laughs> the barber looked at me like I was crazy. That's
2: how I said, I'm going to look just like Tommy. I did be crazy. The power before my time, I'm going to be honest with y'all. Before your time? No, it's, no, it's not. F- You're Shut the same up. age as us. Same, Shut up. i ain't got to y'all, man. It was Dragon Ball Z and nothing else. Whatever, bro.
0: On that note, Hafiz. whenever I was in daycare, whenever I was young, I met this white boy, bro. And he said one day during, uh, one day whenever we were there, he said, I want to be called Simba.
1: Mm. That's actually a pretty cool name. He like
2: said, the Lion King? Scene? Oh, yes. I'm not even
1: going to lie. I am not going to lie to you. I was thinking, I was thinking about it, but I don't know if I want to do it or not. Naming my son Anakin. Like Anakin Skywalker? Oh, like Anakin Skywalker. Off of Star Wars? Yes. Like Star Wars? I was Star thinking Wars? about naming my son Anakin. That boy's hard. That
2: boy Tars Crabby walking. Yeah. <laughs> he I like so so thought, that boy about six feet I'll <laughs> like, God, dang, who keep me playing for? Yeah. He walking in <laughs> biggest crap. Did you, did, you, did you ride in the back seat? Man, take a seat, bro. <laughs> dang. <laughs> Embarrassing me. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, snap. So, uh, hold on a what second. What the crap everybody's trying to tell us? It's, I have I, Oh, know, middle name Pride oh, name. Man. I'm definitely not saying my middle name uh, Heck <laughs> nah. I ain't gonna lie to you I uh, y'all know I'm colorblind We asked you for my middle name <laughs> I said I can't even tell her
1: Chris, what's your middle name? Well, I ain't tell nobody my middle name I'm let
2: you it's I don't co- got a problem with it It's man, just it's it's, an intimate it's name It's all on, the, on social media I ain't got no problem with my name people It's know Jordan me as, I know People know me as Christopher People know me as Chris People know me as Jordan People know me as Beagle So I have to put the whole name out there yeah. Okay, Alright, guys uh, sp- Oh, hey Jordan's in the studio Oh, hold on. Wasn't I supposed to hey, say her name? Hey, Jordan. Hey, were we not supposed to say her name? Hey, man, you can say her name. Hey, uh, are you cool with it? I don't give a crap. Okay. We, we just, already did it. <laughs> yeah, two eight nine. too late now. Uh, what's up, Damn. girl?
1: You ain't gonna say what's up to me?
2: You, oh, haven't, acting, you, you acting brand new because Chris you, is around.
1: You're huh? not even
0: gonna put your hand up and wave. You know oh. us. You know... Oh. Hey. All right. What, you said middle names? We ain't doing no yeah. middle names. man. I. To be honest, bro, I got a fake identity. Oh. My name's not even Sam. The people who close to me know that. My name is Sam. Middle name, Kanyeri. Kanyeri. Uh-huh. Can y'all say that? Kanyeri. Kanyeri. Kanyeri Omoko.
2: Kanyeri Omoko. And I, got,
0: and I got a few more. I keep that's running with it, boy. Right there.
2: That's, that <laughs> that's, that's that East Side. That's the East, east Side. Shout out east Ethiopia.
0: Right Shout out Sudan.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Shout Uganda. out to Niger.
0: No love for the West Side. West Side. <laughs> they got some names over there, though. I don't know where, don't know where I'm from. <laughs> Blessing sweetness. <laughs> oh,
1: wow. Hey, hey, remember that video <laughs> with the African dude with the super long name?
2: Uh, man. Like
0: my oh, man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 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 those Africans be having those names. Oh, you
1: <laughs> fool, you <and> remember fool, <laughs> that one skit with the bile <laughs> all, right, all right, so the moral of the story is that it was just, it was just a joke. Black people got dope unique names. We should be all be able to laugh at one another. When we get back, we're going to turn the the, the um, um the temperature a little bit, get a little bit more serious. We are the roommates and this is a kind of a podcast network.
2: Y'all boys stupid, man. <laughs>
1: Okay, we are back. We are back. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So right now, we want to go ahead and jump right into the main topic. We have a very, very, very special guest. We really appreciate him coming on the show. You want to give a very special shout out to our man Ashton. Ashton, say what's up to the people. What up, peoples? Uh, Uh, my bad, Ash. I forgot, what's your last name? My
4: name is Ashton P. Woods.
1: Okay, Ashton P. Woods. Ashton, talk, get a little closer to the mic, man. These mics are super sensitive. You gotta man. kiss All right. it.
4: All, All right, right look, my, this, this, this don't even feel right. I know, My, but <laughs> my, name, is, my name is Ashton P. Woods. Um, Ashton like Kutcher, Woods like Tiger for y'all who have bad memories. Okay, Boom. okay.
1: There it is. Bars. For real. All right, man. So uh, go ahead and tell the people a little bit about yourself for some of the uh, our fans who do not know you, some of your background, some of your story. Um,
4: so I started my activism. I grew up in New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, so was,
1: real quick, I'm sorry, cutting you off. You are, so what is your role for the Black Lives Matter? Okay, you yeah. want me to go there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so
4: yeah. I am one of the co-founders of Black Lives Matter Houston. Okay. Um, it was started as Black Lives Matter Texas and um, Ferguson, and I came on a little bit later um and then as things go people go to college so people yeah. have to leave mm-hmm. and i was kind of left alone to organize by myself and decided to change it to black lives matter houston um it was started as black lives matter texas with this whole express purpose to organize texas to have chapters so once chapters started popping up there was nothing left to focus on except for houston
1: okay okay that's cool and is it is it separate from Black Lives Matter or is it like a, a subset? It's a, part
4: of the, it's a part of the Black Lives Matter network. Okay, cool, yes. cool, cool.
0: Hey, so um, he tells a little bit about your background. Like, man, one of my big questions since uh, knowing your role and everything like that is, man, how did you get interested or how did your passion grow for? I guess black issues
4: in general. Well, I've always been pro black. Um, Black, blackity, black, black, black. black. Look, so. (laughs) um, I started off by saying I'm from New Orleans. I was born and raised in New Orleans. I grew up probably less than a mile from the Magnolia Project. 504? Yeah, the 504. He said the
0: Magnolia, that know you.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Y'all been listening to too many Usher songs. Um, So. yeah, when I was in high school, I basically helped to start the first Gay Straight Alliance in the high school in New Orleans. Okay. And by that happening, I inadvertently outed myself because I hadn't, I wasn't sure about my sexual orientation at that point, at right before that point. And then I just, I had always known, but I wasn't sure about how I felt about it. Okay. So that's really how I got into activism, because New Orleans is a predominantly black city, and the school I went to was predominantly black. What school it was, was that? Uh, McMain. Okay. Um. For cute black nerds, basically, mm. you know, like Professor X's school for <laughs> exceptional <laughs> human beings, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the way that worked out is is um it, it put me in a position to be able to have the kind of power to uh, check people on on their crap like racism and bullying and sexism and all that. I got an earlier taste in that. So, mm. um, basically, that's the beginning of who you see now. Okay. I have to respect that. So I have to tell it. That's dope. That's dope. Um
1: so in regards to like um black lives matter, I think one of the, the there's a lot of a lot of media out about Black Lives Matter, putting it in negative light, um, claiming that they're a terrorist group, claiming that, you know— The that, media
4: didn't say it. Donald Trump said that. Okay, I'm, I'm corrected.
1: So, <laughs> And and by media, I'm, I'm not just talking about CNN. I'm talking about right-wing media, Bright obviously, boy. like the Fox News and yeah. stuff like that. So, you know, like—so how do you how do you respond to media individuals who's, who believe, who have that perception that Black Lives Matter is this terrorist group or this terrorist organization?
4: Locally in Houston, I don't. Okay. Um, if you think I'm a terrorist for being pro-black and 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 wanting to protect people who looked like me. Mm-hmm excuse the profanity you can just kiss my ass okay i don't have time for that i mean the thing is is that it's important to teach black people that black lives matter not to be focused on teaching white people that black lives matter because they haven't gotten it all this time what makes you think they're going to get it today or tomorrow mm-hmm. maybe they will maybe they won't maybe and you know and i'm sure you know i'm sure even with evidence of my from my own eyes that i've seen some good allyship but the point is is that We need to be organizing ourselves, and the media is—we have to be our own media. We have to be informing ourselves, because if it's shown and told through a white lens and a white gaze, G-A-Z-E, then you're going to always have a misconstrued story.
1: Okay. Mm. That's good.
4: Um, No, that's really good.
1: So I think you said, like, you're talking about— like Black Lives Matter, we're telling our own story. We're, we're, we're making our own narrative. We're not letting the mainstream media, we're not letting society tell right. the narrative for us. So what is a narrative for Black Lives Matter? What, As a movement, what do you guys stand for?
4: Self-determination, I okay. mean, among other things. I mean, listen, we, we already, uh, according to our constitution, mm-hmm. their constitution that was forced on us, Okay. Um, that we have post-slavery and the post-60s era freedom to vote, freedom to be who we are and all of our intersections. But we found that, um, you know, that's just not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and it ain't just police brutality. It's the systems and mechanisms in place that allow the of police to be who they are. And how do you change those mechanisms? Um, even though I'm not big on voting and politics, um, an example here in Houston is we got people mobilized, not just black lives matter Houston, all activists got together and said, listen, if you vote this year, don't focus on Clinton. Focus on the 100-plus judges and the district attorney and the sheriff's office, and you can knock these people out, and you can have a fighting chance. You don't have to like the police. I don't like the police, F the police, and all that other stuff. But the point is is that we still live in the system, and as long as we're operating in the system, we got to not necessarily play by the rules, but change the rules. Kind of like it's like fighting from within, but not, because I don't believe in that whole mantra of you got to join them to beat them. I think it's about... The fact that Houston is a majority-minority city and black people are still a minority within that minority, mm-hmm. and we have to be loud. And the black people, unfortunately, even though they represent us in different various offices here in Houston and Harris County, they got to go, too. Mm.
0: Actually, uh, I actually have a question. You kind of started to speak about it a little bit, man, but— uh. I've actually went to an actual march for Black Lives Matter here in Houston, and uh, you were kind of talking about the kind of things we need to focus on, like local representatives, the the judges in our areas. Um, what do you do day to day to kind of push for Black um, Lives Matter and what? And, I mean, just tell, tell us a little about that.
4: Um, I, I, a great example is, is I've been working with um, Representative Garnett Coleman on the Sandra Bland Act that we unveiled last week. Um, I testified on panels I go to the state capitol. The legislature is actually in session right now, so I've been back and forth to Austin since it started. And there are several bills that will impact Houston specifically, but the rest of Texas. There's so 27 million Texans. A good chunk of those people are black. We're a minority, but they're black. And a lot of these bills deal with the criminalization of blackness. And if you decriminalize blackness by showing up— What do you mean by that? Um, criminalization of blackness? Mm-hmm. Well, listen— <laughs> this, is a, this is a light example of the little girl picking out uh, the the darkest doll as the okay. bad doll okay. versus the light doll being okay. the good doll. So like, you know th- like the mindset. Yeah. Okay. Like cool. it's, you know, I mean, okay, cool. I mean personally, and we've all taken part in anti-blackness because that's some self internalization. Mm. However, um, I'm not the person that's necessarily inclined to reach for my lock on my door when I'm at the red light for when a black person crossing the street. Mm. I do it for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? White people, white people are, are, are nasty, mean, and cruel and vicious. Yeah. I mean, people are always looking for black people to be the bad people. How we're portrayed in the media? How they get the most uh, perceived to be ignorant person mm-hmm. or the least educated person to represent us? And how we react to that by saying, "Look, they got Day Day, and Day Day is just I don't know. He can't talk. He can't talk right. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Type stuff. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that in some way, shape, or form, we have to. Hold each other up with that, yeah. right? And hold each other responsible is what I mean by the criminalization of blackness. It's just this all encompassing thing of um, who we are is bad, and that's not true. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so decriminalizing blackness um, by showing up when people like John Whitmire, who is over Senate District 15, who decided to author a bill at the behest of uh, Dan Patrick, who is your lieutenant governor. Um, to author a bill that's about a paragraph and a half long saying we want the Texas Education Agency to direct schools to have a curriculum to teach kids how to deal with the police in ninth grade during driver's ed, which is already a mandate. But they want them to to learn how to comply with the police and the procedure to complain later. Okay, So it's not actually know your rights with the police. It's about... You, you're, you're teaching our children to just not only obey but to not question authority when they need to be questioned and holding people accountable when they need to be held accountable mm-hmm. and who the hell are you teaching who who, who are you going to have teaching these kids mm. you know I mean the TEA is going to have to come up with a curriculum and as you know they decided to to erase uh, the slave trade or oh, we were just happy uh, indentured servants Triangular triangular trade, right? Yeah. Instead of the Atlantic slave trade. Mm. You know, the lies that they tell yeah. are telling. And this is a man that represents many, many, many people of color, including black people. Mm. Um, and if you go and look at the Texas legislature's website and look at the bills that he's filed, most of them are about law enforcement.
1: Yeah,
4: And they're pro-law enforcement. Mm. And y'all voted for him. Yeah.
1: So I think one of the, one of the things that you to, to clarify, I think, is a really good point that you made is that Black Lives Matter, regardless of what the media is portraying, is not a terrorist group. It is a group of activists um, activists who are united to fight injustice in the local community. Um, and so I think that's I think that's really important because it's so easy to just simply look up sound bites on the internet, sound bites on YouTube, yeah. and to just to, to take a group of people and to say that these people are representatives of your movement
4: which they're not. Right. We we're not terrorists. Yeah. But white people who are listening do know that you can catch these hands. Mm. And I will <laughs> collect your tears. Okay? I'm I'm listen. I'm nice, I'm peaceful, but I'm not your docile Negro. You oh, understand what God. I'm saying? So I wasn't ready. <laughs> so we you can label us a terrorist organization all you want. Yeah. But the 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 point is is that we ain't here for you. Okay. We're not worried about your opinion.
1: So you're not worried about white people or white people who don't support the movement. We're
4: not worried about white, people. white okay. people. Stokely Carmichael said to white people, you know, in his speech in his his Black Power speech in 1967 in in, in California is that white people need to be organized on white people. Mm-hmm. Those civil rights laws that were were authored in the 60s weren't for black people. They mm-hmm. were for white people to tell them that they can't do what they were doing to us. Mhm. We integrated into their neighborhood instead of them integrating with us. That was no true integration, okay. which is why there's this whole thing that we have to discuss: white gays, g a z e, and even respectability politics. Mm-hmm. You know
1: that. Okay. So you're you're more you're more Malcolm than you're Martin. Definitely. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Nah, that's cool, I might man. look little <laughs> little clean, calm, but catch me where I be: t-shirts, jeans, Timberlands. Okay, yeah, okay. I like what you said though about
0: educating and pushing for black people. How black people need to do that. Um, not not saying not dismissing all those people but your focus and we, your passion is for black people and that's what oh, no, you're I'm going dismissing for. Them. You're dismissing them. Yeah.
4: Oh. There we well, dis- go. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I thought you meant your focus is black people the the the, the, uh, the honest truth we're talking is, to my talking to him, the him. honest truth is that when we are actually talk when we're on the street and the people we talk to we're talking to people who look like us. Mm-hmm. And the attitude that I have towards white people is again I'm not here for your tears, your fears, and, your, and, and and what you're worried about because you're taking time away from my You're taking me away from my community. Mm-hmm. So if you want me to come sit up on your stage on the panel, you better pay me. Okay.
2: Mm, I got a question real quick. Uh, in regards to the, the all the stuff that happened this summer, I feel like as the community, uh, we definitely banded together, um, especially in, in the South Park, Sunnyside area, um, with all the shootings and stuff that was going on. I feel like Black Lives Matter had, you know, in, increasing the black culture and people were standing up and fighting it and uh, and trying to make change and going to marches and things like that. But as time went by and now we're in, in March, do you feel like in the community, do we have the same kind of mentality, that same kind of fight, that same kind of drive today as we did in, in the summer? In and if not, why? And if so, How are they doing that?
4: So, it's a little bit of both, actually. Um, There are people who come to see, and there are people who come to do, and there are people who are just kind of stuck. And what you saw, we know about Alton Sterling. We know about Philando Castile. I'm friends with the people who got shot at in Dallas. I knew the person who committed the shooting in Dallas. Mm. I met him uh, a couple times because he was here in Houston, you know, for a while. Okay. the truth is, is that Houston is more awake in a lot of ways and sleeping in a lot of ways than people actually let on, mm-hmm. you know, and we don't give ourselves enough credit. Like, for example, Alton Sterling happened, what was that, that 4th of July weekend, then Falando, then the Dallas shooting, and then we had Elva in, in right over here in Fifth Ward. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I, it's funny because I talked to Miss Nikki, his wife, um, not that long ago, and what what I'm seeing is is that after after Elva was murdered, um, they used to call him Groucho. But after Elva was murdered, um, people started showing up to city council meetings, and people kept asking me the question, "Well, why organize a protest? Because it's a place where people can show up and be pissed off." But I use it as a platform for Black Lives Matter Houston to tell people who to be pissed off at. You know, I mean, we can walk down the street yelling after police and all this other stuff because we will. But my attitude is that if you if you don't leave a protest knowing the person who's standing in front of you, behind you, to so your left and to your right, and knowing people who to be mad at and who you can show up with, I'm not doing my job as an activist who wants to protect black people and you came to see and not do. Um, the the other piece of that is is that after after Elva was murdered and after we had our first three protests, people have consistently been showing up to the city council meetings. Okay, and this also led to some of the turnout in this election that that I was talking about earlier Well, we going see that all of all of those people. Mm-hmm. So the thing is is that yes, uh people are still engaged, but no, um, and for a very good reason, actually, we don't have socioeconomic privilege, a lot of us, a lot of us do, but a lot most of us don't. And what I mean by it is is we can't just take off from work every time we want to, to go and protest. We can't just um, take the money that we were going to buy, whatever we were going to buy with to support a movement because that's the difference between our light bill, feeding our child, daycare, all these other things. Not all of us have children, but I have to think in terms of blackness. And in blackness, You know, they always talk about poverty, but we not in poverty. We worse than in poverty in a lot of cases, you know. Um, I sit in rooms with black activists all the time. Some who, um, not the main ones I work with, but there are other ones who've been around for a while who think people, oh, let's do this event, they'll show up. Um, Well, listen, you got people, for example, in Third World living by TSU, which has a fence around it and dismal internet connectivity or less than stellar access to the internet. So how are they going to get on Facebook and know what's going on, mm. first and foremost? And secondly, their cell phone, a lot of people have cell phones that don't operate like the smartphones that a lot of us have. Yeah, them you track know? phones. And, and, and the thing is, is that we have to still recognize that people who look like us they are not all like like us, okay. um, which is another way of saying blackness is not a monolith. Yeah. So how we show up is how we show up, and when we can show up is when we can show up. Um, I've gotten past the anger of sometimes having to organize by myself and being the only black man or black person in the room at points in time because I know that regardless of the people who can not show up and could have shown up, <laughs> they'll come in due time. Yeah. But the point is is that I really, individually as an activist, I can't focus on it because it's gonna take me away from focusing on what the goal is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So w-
1: something that you that you that you com- that you said um, a couple of times, I'm interested in just kind of hearing you out. I don't want people to take you out of context for what you said, like you like the idea of like after police, like can you like when you when you when you make that statement, like what do you what do you communicate? <laughs>
4: Listen, I recognize that police perform a function, mm-hmm. um, but Every decade of existence of police that has been in this country, whatever incarnation it is, Mm -hmm. in this society, Mm -hmm. has been detrimental to the black community. Okay. So is it
1: is it bad is it F the bad police or F the police? Well, if it was up to me,
4: I would abolish the police. Okay. You have no police. I mean, back in the day when we didn't need, I mean, communities police themselves, Mm, you know, and I mean, there's a lot of data on that, I mean, that we can go into, but I won't go into it. I will just simply say and leave it to people because to be honest with you, the things that I say and what I'm saying right now, is meant for you to hear, for what you're hearing and for you to actually do research. Yeah. Don't listen to what Brooke Ball doing on CNN is telling you and what, uh, what, Lawrence is telling you on MSNBC all yeah. the time. Listen to the people with the lived experience and with the actual research, because what you'll find is is that the police are detrimental, regardless of their race, yeah, to the black community. So they have
1: been. Why? Like, why would a good, honest? black man who wants to protect his community who decides to be a police officer why would he be detrimental to his community
4: because he's complicit he's okay. staying silent he okay. it, i mean i know that there's an inherent risk mm-hmm. but you signed up for that risk i'm a veteran okay you know i mean i know what i was signing up for when i got into the army i mean come on yeah so if you know that there are corrupt cops and all this other stuff and you're thrust into the partnership of one mm-hmm. or you see it and you don't call it out regardless yeah. you know i mean listen even as an activist i get death threats i have people charge me up, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, do that at your own peril, but (laughs) have people charge me up and all this other stuff, so if I can go through that, you know, like the the protests we had the day after the Dallas shooting, um, the reason why I decided to do that Mm -hmm. alone on my own volition is because the narrative was going to come. Well, this is the death knell and the coffin for the Black Lives Matter movement. They can't say what they're saying because somebody attacked the police. Well, the last time I checked, police are still killing black people. Mm-hmm. There are still people, black people who are still suffering from mass incarceration. Mm-hmm. Those systems never cease to exist when several cops got shot. Oh, and then I mentioned nobody ever acknowledged the protesters who got shot. Mm-hmm. That was indiscriminate shooting. Mm-hmm. But you know what was worse? Dylan Roof got a whopper. And this man got blown up, mm. regardless of what he did. Yeah. He didn't even get his day in court. Yeah. So there's a lot of foolery. I was going to say the other word. There's a lot of foolery <laughs> yeah. um, afoot mm. when we're talking about this. So it's about organizing in spite of, because our voices matter, and we still have to lift ourselves in the face of things that may try to derail us. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm. I got another question uh with the whole, the name of um, Black Lives Matter, I know that it brought up a lot of uh, problematic statements and uh, people, especially like um, every, every race besides black people just said, um, oh, they're so selfish, it's only Black Lives Matter, it's not anything else. <laughs> and uh, it kind of created uh, kind of like a huge divide, obviously, which already was there. But do you think the name Black Lives Matter... Um, uh even though that had so much focus kind of took in, like kind of took away from the overall point that were trying to make so if like you had to go back, would you change the name no okay yeah i'm mm-hmm. just, I was just asking like uh because i I mean I feel like like the media definitely portrayed that that was you know a huge ordeal that it was not it was black lives matter only and not black Lives Matter too.
4: Right. So I keep hearing people, respectable Negroes, are like the rented respectability <laughs> politics, rented Negroes. Um, they'll come and say, well, what about Black Lives Matter T.O.O.? It's more palatable. Mm-hmm. No. I ain't here for you. Mm. What the fuck? Excuse me. The <laughs> I, point I is, it. it's, 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 <laughs> it's like there's a balance here. that We have bad apples in our community, yes. However, it doesn't take away from the work. The point of the matter is, the term "Black Lives Matter" needed to be said, mm-hmm. and, and and when we're talking about a reference to not you know to to minorities, listen, um, there are people who are anti-black and other groups that are outside of blackness, and listen, anti-blackness is not just a white thing; it's a it's a white supremacy thing, and that's internalized. So when I have other people who are people of color that are not black, non-black POC, I mean, when they tell me that, it's just kind of like one ear and out the other. Mm-hmm. Because how I feel is is you're internalizing whiteness. You've, you've assimilated. You have white gays, gaze, G-A-Z-E. And you're basically lost cause. So why am I going to waste my time trying to convince you otherwise when there's work to be done? I mean, I've gotten past that. I do not argue. You know, I literally will walk away. I mean, because if you're going to be the assistant to white supremacy, that's your business. Just don't bring it around me or anybody else who's doing the work. We know we don't have time. It just it just will not compute. So, actually, um, so, you know, I got
0: I got one question. Um, What do you say to those people who aren't black people who want to support and want to kind of fight with? The Black Lives Matter movement, who want to walk with you?
4: Well, um, actually, we've had a lot of success with that here in Houston, believe it or not. Um, there are a lot of non black POC who actually support the BLM movement here and they show up and they show out and they support and they donate and they protect, you know. Um, but to those of you who may be listening, including you white folk out there, um, <laughs> you need to. Listen to black people when they tell you what the issues are. And when there's a simple question that you're asking, always remember, Google. There are non-anecdotal resources out there that you can find for yourself before you come and talk to us and ask us really rhetorical questions that you already or should know the answer to. I have no remorse. I don't have time. It is not about baiting you with honey or coming off of salt and vinegar. It's about the fact that If you want to do this and you're really invested in it, you need to figure out and research. You research everything else before you go to the store. You know how many LED bulbs are on that television before you buy it. (laughs) You should know what the black community is going through by now. It's 2017. If you don't know, don't come in my face with that. Mm -hmm. I will collect your tears. But as far as, you know, everybody else, join us. Rock with us. We will rock with you. But remember, this is the Black Lives Matter movement. You are a guest. Mm. And if you're supporting something for the Black Lives Matter movement, be sure not to try to derail or take over. And when we're in your space and you need our help, we will be there to listen as allies. We will act accordingly as directed by you and to according to your needs and respect your movement. And we just ask the same from you. Simple. All right, then. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's dope. And I, I feel like, I feel like,
1: um, you clarify like there there's no hatred for white Americans. There's no there's no hatred in the Black Lives Matter movement.
4: <laughs> I can't speak for everybody. Oh not <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean I don't trust white people far as I can throw them. Okay. And I don't I don't necessarily so, say that uh, I hate qu- folk, qu- but qu- quick question. I don't trust white people. So you know, didn't you just not see get out? <laughs> but but here's, here's my question Do you
1: think it's a bit of a double standard For a white person to say I don't like black people for the color of their skin And then for a black person to say, I don't like white people because of the color of their skin.
4: I don't like white people, not just because of the color of the skin, but because they have privilege, power, and... All
1: white people are... (laughs)
4: Listen, regardless (laughs) of if you poke, your life chances are better. Okay. Okay? My my attitude is, is, you know, I've been studying sociology. I'm almost done. I got like 15, 30 hours left um, in my sociology degree. But the point is, it's not about qualifying it. The fact is, it's, it's statistically sound that... White people, if they're toothless with Mountain Dew teeth, they are what? more likely to get a job. Have you seen Kellyanne Conway?
0: Oh, shots fired. <laughs> hey,
4: I mean, ba, ba, listen, do, 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 do. white people will protect their own, <laughs> mm-hmm, regardless of where they come from, and it will give them a chance, even if they're meth addicts or not. And we know this to be fact. And that's all white people? <laughs> I'm, uh, listen. You want to sound say it again. Like a Generalization, huh? You want me to say it again? Uh, no, nah, I'm just, I'm just saying. I, mean, I know, listen, I know this gonna um, be white, white <laughs> people. White people protect white yeah. people. I yeah. mean, yes, that's the whole specter of rich white people who are trying to pit. Poor white people against black people, yeah. but they all still racist as hell. Oh okay. I just I just don't want I don't want people I mean listen, you listen, listen, listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the context, Ashton P. Woods is telling you that all white people are racist okay. until proven otherwise because okay. you're living in a bubble of privilege. Okay. When you get mad when we say that white people are racist or we talk about white people, nine times out of ten it's because you're a privilege. A lot of y'all live in places where you've never seen a black person before. That's the whole idea about why you wanna to touch my hair. Mm. Nah, I'm bald headed. <laughs> I, like, I ain't gonna lie to y'all. Nah, I'm bald headed in my honey, head. I but, head but, but the sisters got some hair, the brothers got some hair, and the last time I checked, I got a beard. Mm. And people walked up and be trying be like, Did you wash your hands? <laughs> why are you in my space? <laughs> white people are not used to being told, no, this white is why I don't like white hands. people. Okay, it's not just <laughs> about the actual race of white people. It's about the idea that White people are not used to being told no, and they're used to having their way. And we never get that. We've always been used to being told no. We're always scraping to get by. Mm. It's about time that we matter, and we did not have to do that.
1: Okay, man, I love it. Um, last, Last thing for the people— that want to make a change, that want to give back to the African-American community, that want to see progress, that want to see the end of institutional racism? What are some tangible things that people in Houston or people around the country can do to to to, um, fight for injustice, to continue to um, be great activists, to see true change happen in America?
4: The first thing I would suggest that you do is you go into your city Mm -hmm. if you don't live in it, because a lot of black people live in suburbs too and if you live in a city and you can, walk through downtown, walk through your areas where you would consider the hood of the unsafe areas and see kind of that Park. some of these people that some of these people are actually not unsafe and see how people who look like you are living because you could be contributing to the problem by not doing so. Mm. You know, see, observe, learn before you open your mouth. It's one thing to be mad about wanting to do something but if you don't know and you haven't researched the issues that people have and you're not talking to people and you're actually listening to them, then that's where you need to start at. Go and talk to people. Find out what they need. You know, that's that's the whole purpose of how I work with my activism. I don't just go off of what I think people need. That's not my job. I'm a servant to my community first and form- foremost. That requires me to listen to everybody. So I would suggest that you start there. Mm. And just like I told the white people, Google is your best friend.
1: Okay.
2: And I, just to add to that, I know um, some people can join just like, you know, not only the Black Lives Matter movement, but there's also the Houston Area Urban League. There's also the Greater Houston Black Chamber, things mm-hmm. like that. And also, man, support your black businesses. I I feel like that's that is not said, en- I mean, it's said, but it's not done enough. Um, yeah. I mean, it's literally a stat out there that says only 2% of every dollar that we have goes back to the black community, and we only own 7% of small businesses as black people.
4: Mm. Our money, the dollar stays in the black community for six hours. Exactly. So. Yeah, I mean, even if the black store got bad attitude and bad service, <laughs> oh, go anyway, if you can afford it, I'm not <laughs> telling you to take your last little two dollars <laughs> that you need for bus fare to go and shop somewhere where you can't afford to. Yeah, that's not what we mean.
1: So, Ashton, for the people who are interested in contacting you, how can they? How can they get in contact with you? So
4: on Facebook, my name is Ashton Like Kutcher, middle initial P. Woods like Tiger. Um, you can find me on Facebook, and you can also find Black Lives Matter Houston. On hashtag BLMHOU. Okay,
2: yeah, it is, man.
1: Ashton, man, we uh, we really appreciate you, man. We we would love to. Con- I know this. I know this. 30 minutes is not even the tip of the iceberg to really your intellect and to some of the conversations we like to get into. Man, we really appreciate you. Man, you're officially a roommate. We look forward to hopefully having you back on the show to continue having this conversation because, man, you are are amazing. Um, Unfortunately, due to time constraints, people, we won't be able to get into debate of the week. We're going to have to wrap it up. But like I said, Ashton, man.
2: Man, wait, wait, wait. Because of what? We... Let's move on. Uh, That booery. Come on. That's that booery. So,
1: So
0: as I said at the beginning of the show, this is Hafiz. Unfortunately, this is Sam
1: signing off. Mm, This is Chris, the star of the show.
0: I'm
2: sad.
4: <laughs> this is your boy APW signing off.
1: And we are The Roommates, and we are on the Kindwood Podcast Network, and this has been the best hour of your, uh, hour of your week. We want to say thank you to all of our fans. We appreciate all your comments and messages. Please, please follow us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can search, search us under The Roommates Podcast. And, hey, if you like what you heard today, we won't need you to tell your friends about us, tell your mama, your grandma, your auntie, and them. Share the podcast on social media. Be our ambassador. Houston's
2: hottest podcast. Houston's hottest, fastest growing growing podcast. Come on now. Let our people know where they can
1: experience the best hour of the week. We are the roommates and we will see you guys next week.